0: Ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes, I want to thank you so much for listening to the Comedy Fitness Podcast. And you're probably asking, Don, how do you make the Comedy Fitness Podcast possible? That's because I have an awesome sponsor, Tidal Boxing Club. Okay, I want you to go to TitleBoxingClub.com slash Alpharetta. That's a club I teach my comedy kickboxing class at. You can find me there when I'm in town teaching and preaching a little health and fitness lifestyle without taking it too seriously. We have a lot of fun. So I want you to go to TitleBoxingClub.com slash Alpharetta. You can also call them at 770-864-5492. That is 770-864-5492. Come to Title Boxing Alpharetta where the punchlines hit hard hard yeah i know but they do and you can lose weight and have a lot of fun talk to you later thank you so much for listening to the podcast peace
1: yeah wow
0: sully mccullough Oh, wow. Uh,
1: and then I did another one uh, like a month later, because
0: uh, Max Alexander canceled. And Bob Stadium was a phenomenal comic. Yeah.
2: in the middle and I had to follow
0: him. Wow. And,
2: and then he did 30 instead of 20. And then I did 30 like I was supposed to. And I yelled that for midnight <laughs> <eight-minute laughs> buffet. But
1: I didn't know what was going on. I was just new to the shit. Right? So that was 1990. And that was just, uh, uh, you know, because I lived
2: in L.A., a lark, just an extra gig. Go do was a weekend. And then... Uh, when the club scene dried up in, in 93, 93, it uh, started drying up. I, I had a manager that booked me on Princess Cruises, the Golden Princess, also out of LA, uh, for two weeks, and then they held me over a third week. They, well, between you and I, they didn't like the magician, got rid of him, and kept me Nay. for the week, and then he's calling me up, going, down, Where are you still at? <laughs>
0: You're like, uh, I don't know. His
2: act, that was bad. It was he tried to hit on one of the waiter's girlfriends, and everything's political. Well, goodbye,
0: you're gone. Everything. Um, I forget his name, so we don't have to bring it up anyway. Wow. Yeah, so then I did that, and
2: I, at the time, was working on this live show that I did in Los Angeles called Vega Rama. It was a uh, parody of Las Vegas where I played a singer that sounded too much like Frank Sinatra to make it big, and had all these actors in the show. And I was keeping that going with doing an occasional road gig, occasional ship, for about two years and I just
1: ran out of money. Yeah. And then I said, You know what? This is not gonna work. I had a deal with HBO, tentative deal with HBO. They were gonna give me seed money,
2: but they wanted too much of it. My managers wanted fifty one percent of something I created and I just said, No and I just go, That's it, I'm gonna go for ships full time and try to write movies because you got a lot of free time out here and I did that.
0: Wow. But now let me just stop you, but now Bud Freeman's Improv at Sea. You know, I wanted to uh, just real quick, like, what line was that? Because I'm just NGL, curious. Uh, mm-hmm. We on the
1: Southward, which was doing three and four day cruises
2: out of San Pedro, Los Angeles. And uh, they had all the regular shows, and then on top of the regular show, they had the Improv at Sea.
0: Did, um, the, uh, the, did Bud come out on the ship? He
2: wasn't on that one. He used to come out on the big ships. Like, if he had comics on the Norway, when it was a nice cruise, and he could get everything for free
0: and enjoy himself. You know? Oh, yeah, no, Bud but that Bud, The yeah. ship out of LA was a dinky little. I can only imagine back then, especially now. I mean, it's like the three and four days you do now. Yeah, no, exactly. I started out in the improv and Bud, I mean, God love him, but God, he hated me. But they that brings us to Don Gray here with the Comedy Fitness Podcast. As you guys know, Bud Friedman did hate me, but I do have a Comedy Fitness Podcast. You know, I'm bringing something new, something fresh to every week. Dude and that. thank you for coming out. Today, I have Rick Corso, actor, comedian, musician, extraordinaire. Um, you taught me a lot this week. Well, I've watched it. Great shows, and we've had a lot of fun. Um, it's about the Bud Friedman thing. He yeah. doesn't hate anybody.
2: He only likes people that make him
0: money more. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I did, I, made, I did make him a dime. Yeah. I didn't. But now, um, you start, I always like to ask when comedy started. Like when when it say started when it you made it because I the struggle is real. I know you did the open mic forever, and I know you had to work hard and toil. Yeah, I guess forever. I guess in about three years. But oh wow! Me, uh, I started. Uh, in a comedy contest in your town, Atlanta, Georgia, at the
1: comedy spot, it was called, cool. it was in Buckhead. Buckhead. And it was a mistake. What had happened was there was
2: this advertisement on the radio. Uh, there was a British guy, I forget his name, he was, he was big in Atlanta, and he was hosting it. And it was this SNL impersonator contest. Hmm. And I thought that it was
0: due to the impression of them, but it ended up just being a costume contest. Because I was doing a Father Guido, so I do impression for my friends. Yeah. And I go, well, I'll just do that. I can look great. And then I find out that I'm working on all this stuff,
1: you know. And I find out it's just a costume context. I go, that's stupid. I don't look like him. I'm not going to get a, buy a costume. Right. So because I had all this bug that had bitten me to want to perform, I, I went and did
2: the Great Southeastern Laugh-Off, which was at the Comedy Spot that year. I guess it was January of 83. And I killed my first time because it was a packed house. Uh, a, a weird thing happened. I was just doing this version of this Italian character that I still do, tough guy. And I didn't see the edge of the stage, fell off the stage. Two guys picked me up and pulled me back on the stage. And I went from tough guy to, oh, excuse me, thank you. <laughs> anyway, it's it just it's funny energy happened and my
0: stuff worked. First show ever. First show fell ever. Fell off the stage.
2: And then my next 15 or 20 shows, I bombed because I could never recreate that. Chase the dragon. I mean, I, people always do that. They, they kill and then they bomb for two years. Well,
0: I, 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 I did the exact opposite, but I mean I heard that a lot. You're chasing the dragon. Yeah. You go out there, you kill, and you're like, oh, I can do this, da-da-da, but it makes you work hard.
2: It does. And what makes, it puts the idea in your head that you can do it. And it's, like you said, it's like a drug you're addicted to, so that's what happened. And I still wasn't in any way thinking I was going to do it for a living, because I was between engineering jobs. I was a civil engineer. And I had moved from Washington State then
1: to Cincinnati, where I worked on nuclear plants. Oh, wow. I was staying with my friend. I told him my friend that's very rich now. i became a real estate developer, uh, also an engineering student with
2: me at Rutgers. And I was trying to get a job in more commercial construction because they built nuclear plants in horrible places out of the way from civilization for good reason. But it was no fun. So uh, he was helping me try to get a job in commercial construction. And while I was doing those interviews, I was staying with him and I, I was... Doing those open
0: mics. Well, let me stop you for a minute, because let me just break it down. So, you're in Atlanta. You're living in Atlanta. You're working. You're working a, a job. You're in engineering. I was, I was collecting unemployment checks trying to get my next engineering job. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And but and that was the career path. I'm going to be an engineer. You I'm went to school. I'm going to be an engineer. And mm. then, after having done those open mics for about, uh, I don't know, I guess four months, I got another engineering offer in California. Low
2: Canyon Nuclear
0: Plant. I know that, yeah. Yeah,
2: the same exact type of uh, construction pipe supports and nuclear plants, you know, re- redesigning. Wow. Um, but a job job, a temporary job. Three to six months, higher pay, you know,
0: whatever. We say job. That was a good career that you left. Yeah, That's not this, a job. This was, You know what a contract employer is for. different than having a permanent job. When I first worked
2: with Decto Power Corporation and had a job. But I didn't like where I was living. I got a better offer, so I left Went to Cincinnati. Then... The job in Cincinnati, they had uh, layoffs, and I volunteered for a layoff because I knew I'd be able to collect unemployment because I didn't hate the job. Atlanta Anyway,
1: so I was going to try to get a job in commercial construction and engineering that. But uh, in the meantime, one of the guys I
2: worked with uh, in Cincinnati got a job in California. Told me to apply. I got one, three to six months, and after about three months, I got fired for not being into the job, like I was... They uh, could tell? I mean, you were okay, that... Well, they could tell. Here's a, the exact example. I was... I, my car had caught on fire and turned <laughs> up, and I was just looking for a new car, and the Wantans, I think it was called the Recycler. The-
0: yeah, the Recycler... It's totally called the Recycler. Yeah, so, <laughs> and I am looking the Recycler and, uh, and I'm doing it during business hours, and uh. the, the boss who worked for Bechtel, who, who we self-contracted to, comes around and goes, oh, you
2: guys disappoint me. And I go, oh, well, you know, just take a 10-minute break looking for a car. And, and he walks around this big pipe support structure where I thought he couldn't hear me. I'm like, what is he going to do, fire me? And he walks right back around. He goes, be in my office in five minutes. And he did fire me. And I kind of took it as a sign. So yeah. You know, about three days later, I go, you know, that's it. I'm going to move to L.A. I'm going to be a comic. I called my mother. I said, Mom, I'm going to be a comedian. And, I, you know, you think you'd get negative reactions. She goes, oh, I always thought you should
0: be a child. See? It's just the opposite. Isn't that great? And then I
2: stayed in L.A. And between, uh, I guess this
0: was around... Wait, but before you go on, i want to stop you real quick. You never, you didn't have an inkling of this is where I might want to go? You, since you have the yeah, musician background, performing?
2: I, I, I liked it as a hobby, mm-hmm. but getting fired, and it's, I heard Jim
1: Carrey tell the same story, mm-hmm. a similar story, where when his father got, lost a job at a certain age, he goes, well, if life's going to be that uncertain, let me just do something I like. Yes. So, uh, I, I'd rather get fired from comedy than some other engineering
2: job where I'm bored in the middle of nowhere. Mm so that's what i did i moved to l.a with another guy who wanted to be a comic who was also an engineer and i don't know if he had gotten fired he just finished his contract but uh he was out of his mind he was a surfer mm-hmm. and uh, a lot older than me and he was he was literally trying to to cash in on his richard prime impression it was a white guy so it, it just was, you know,
1: <laughs> uh, but then i moved in with the guy that
2: was a ventriloquist who just passed away recently i talked to uh. about his wife um We had been doing comedy for a while. We were doing the open mics around town. And then January of 84, I auditioned for Mitzi at the comedy store.
1: Mitzi.
0: I passed.
2: But not to be a paid regular, to be a non-paid regular. And then she called me two days later and said, you want a job? So she gave me a job as a doorman, which it later became a job as a doorman and a guy manning the phones. And then I became the runner. Which when I was there, I was at the comedy store sixteen hours a day
0: sometimes. So no, but that's been an avenue for a lot of guys to make it. It's, it's worked. Yeah. People from the comedy store got me work, mm-hmm. and I also a tour bus used to park in front of the comedy store. And <laughs> Still I do. Jump on that tour bus and do ten minutes, and I got that idea from Howie Mandel who did it. He was
2: the first one to do it, but Mitzi didn't like it. She goes, "Oh, that means the club." I go, "Yeah," but I'm, and they were passing me on. I'm getting
0: stage time. I'm getting, I'm, getting I'm getting better. Yeah. So that that's what happened, and then uh, so I was doing a lot of the. My first paid gig, I was still a doorman at the comedy store. I had to get somebody to cover my Monday shift. And I was opening for Blake Clark at some yeah. gig in like Rosemead or Alameda, somewhere inland. Yeah. My first
2: paid gig is the MC, and I loved it. I mean, Blake is the greatest. Guy Blake's great. Ever. But after the gig, I remember this night very clearly, I drove back to the comedy store, so happy that I had a paid gig, saw all my friends. And Roseanne Barr was in the main room.
0: She, uh, the night she showed up in L.A., she had done The her night movie, she showed up in L.A. She
2: did her show in the, in the original room and killed him. But she goes, come on, Roseanne, I want to put you in the main room. And Roseanne said, oh, okay, and that kind of sounded the same. Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, and it was amazing.
0: And the she night she showed up in L.A. And,
2: and got the Tonight Show from that. Wow. So, you know, I was there to
1: witness that. I was there to witness lot
0: wow. of great stuff. You know, I was very lucky. Being a doorman was was a great gig. Did you ever, uh, did you ever um, feel or see a ghost? I had a really weird experience in I the belly room. I
1: heard about that, and when
0: I answered the phones, mm-hmm. it was upstairs in that office where they did yeah. the worst because that's where they say that one of the Spiros nightclub that's where they whack the people. But, you know, I get scared easily, and I got scared, but I don't know. I was stoned off my ass, but I was in that back lounge of the belly room once, and I have never felt something like that. They, it was like, mostly upstairs. I, yeah, and I was back okay. there, and I'm like... Rrr. Like, and I literally ran I'm like, I will leave you alone. I said it out loud, I'll leave you alone. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, no just didn't want you taking their space. No, and I was they all about this- a really tight ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you killed, then they're like, you really are killing. <laughs> but no, but like the, you know, the ghost stories that the, the improv the improv the improv has a, a little bit of it, but the comedy story to me has some really good lore of of the grit of comedy, of the of the really working hard for it. And well, I, you, well know. you know, it was Ciro's nightclub. I mean, Sammy Davis Jr. made his comeback show. Mm-hmm. He hurt his eye. And I eye came out and stuff. Uh, you hear
1: all those stories. There really was a, it was a gangster joint. Mm-hmm. I don't know the story about how and when she bought it. But uh,
0: I think at one point she just had the original room and then bought the building afterwards. Uh, did Sammy story. have anything to do with that? So I mean, there's some story there. It, yeah. And then in the divorce, she, she <laughs> I think he got the house. She got the club. And she got custody she, of Pauly. Oh, sure. Because and, and I used to work for Mitsu also. When I was running errands, I would go to the house. I was huh. going to the airport one time. Oh, wow. Was he a dick? And, <laughs> he, was a great he didn't have any money to check. He's a dick money. now, okay. <laughs> <laughs> surfboard on the plane, side. So ah. I had to get reimbursed by
2: Mitsu. Because I used to keep my receipts and yeah. checks. Uh And also, I remember one time, he left town, I guess also to go to Hawaii, and he left his car at the airport, but didn't tell us where it was. And I was, I was... Task with going to find Paulie's car and bring it back. Beep, 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 beep. And then I got in trouble by Mitzi because I spent all the day doing that. And I was supposed to deposit some Did, check in the bank for her, and it lost her a lot of money. But I didn't know. No one prior, you know, prioritized my day. No.
0: Besides, I find comedy club owners—they were as comics especially when you're trying—you are their minion. You will do.
2: But I, I'm right now like to public
1: apologize
0: to Mitzi for that, whatever money she lost on that check. Something tells me she's doing okay from what Polly's got from herself. So, okay, so, you know, comedy starts in LA. You get some, uh, get some things going for you as far as comedy. You've been out here for a while. And now, I always tell, I ask, like, how do you feel about you know the career wise? I mean, it's these deep question, but did you make it? Like is comedy's always elusive, like that. How do you feel? I, my goal at the beginning was just to make a living doing it. Mm. I've accomplished that goal. Yes, you have. But when I was in LA, excuse me, you always get agents. And by the way, we do podcasts are supposed to give you water. Oh, uh, <laughs> I have terrible craft service. So when I was in LA, you got agents and managers and everybody
1: in the business trying to tell you you have to have more, you have to do this, you have to
2: have a show and. And I really did want to get a, a show. Who didn't want a sitcom? You know, when they were handing those out. But, um, no, it's okay. I'll be fine. <coughs> um, but then at
1: a certain point, I said, you know what? You know, you, you passed. They're not, it's reality shows now anyway. The sitcoms yeah. are very few. The odds are very, very
2: slim. I'll start writing. The ships are available to me. This is, like I said, after I, I started in 93 and 94. I think the clubs were dying. Because even when I was living in L.A., I was doing clubs a whole bunch of weeks here. I was never there. Yeah. So I didn't really audition for many things. I got some voiceover work. But then uh, at a certain point, I just said, I'm going to commit to doing the ships." I'm still living in L.A. It was about 95. And I'm going to just do that and write and try to write screenplays, sell a screenplay, get into screenwriting. Yeah. So for about 12 years, I did that. And I didn't sell any,
0: so I'm assuming I wasn't very good at it. I don't know. I spent a lot of time on it. But the thing was, I think it helped my joke writing. So it it wasn't a waste of time. But then in 2005, I made the decision to leave L.A. because I was getting on planes to to do ships anyway. And I just moved to Florida. So I'm six miles from this port that we left out of. Mm -hmm. And it's great. I mean, I fly very little. Maybe, you know, six, seven times a year instead of 20 times a year. So well great. to me I find a lot of us have to make that choice like uh, we're comics we're stand-up comics and is the choice to work as a stand-up comic to work and actively make money at stand-up or do I stay in LA or New York for an order amount of time in hopes that okay. something will come from an audition that I may or may not but get which is a fl- as
2: well. that's you well, want to be doing something towards your goal
0: with it, yeah. not around. but there's there. I mean I have friends I mean I've uh, I'm at the age where I've seen both, and I have friends who waited it out in L.A. and it has actually worked. Like, like it can't. Where my opening act just started writing much earlier than I did. I missed that wave and became executive producers and showrunners, and and, you know they're they're huge now, Mm -hmm. Uh, behind the
2: scenes. But I wasn't ready to do that. I I kind of really like performing
0: too much. I think that's one of the choices we make. I think that's why you see a lot of people who go from performing to behind the scenes. You know, and then then they find success there. Like I have a friend that wrote on Lozanne,
2: wrote on several other shows, uh-huh. and called me and said, Hey, could
0: you help me get into the ships? And he's got all his money, he just misses performing. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. and I could definitely see I could that. People like that. I could definitely see that. They like they miss the they miss the energy. You know, so you've been a musician for a comedy fitness podcast, by the way. We are gonna talk about comedy, but you know we're gonna get to fitness soon. But now mu- music, part of your life forever. Yeah, I was
2: in a choir when I was a kid. I took guitar lessons when I was a kid, but then I put it all away. And didn't go near it, became an engineer. And as a comic, first time I brought my guitar on stage was at the comedy store and I had an ovation with the plastic back and something happened where the peg that holds the strap punched into the back, the guitar
1: fell, it was a disaster. Never used the (laughs) the guitar again for twenty Years. Wow. And I just put
2: it in my act like 10 years ago.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. But I was always playing a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm.
0: And I you know, I would bring an electric guitar out
2: and on the ship and sit in with the bands. They let me, you
0: know. Now, do you think that's, that 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 path was better because you know, sometimes there's a connotation with anybody who does anything other than talk on stage. You know, I mean, I don't feel I don't feel that way. I didn't do it. You know, but you know, how comics can be not getting TV
1: because they couldn't pay to the rights of a song or whatever mm-hmm. and um, and I just said look
2: it's, it's easier to be in LA and be a monologist because your peers are going to give you less of a hard time big time it's like it's like being a liberal in LA it's easy because
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> true true so, um, that's what uh, that's why and then once I
0: was out there I go you know what if I put the guitar back it would a whole different dimension yes and it'll bring it to another least international passengers. You need music. I think to not use a skill that you have on stage is retarded. It's crazy. It's like using I, one crayon. If, if you can juggle, juggle. If you can play an instrument, play an instrument. If you can sing, sing. If you can act, act out more. Like, I don't understand why everybody doesn't use every tool they have. But I know a lot of comments go, oh, you can't do this. You got to go there. That I'm like, well, okay, that's because you, you can't. And then they're acting. They're using their skill yeah. of, they're acting that's out the done. character. You know? Yeah, he's acting out of that character. Writing. Yeah. No, big time. But now, okay, so, Comedy Fitness Podcast, we do have to talk about fitness a little bit. Um, I've been working with you for this week. You eat healthy. Yeah. You eat? Not, well, you don't have to. If You drink, what, how much coffee do you drink a day? Well, I drink that one pot of coffee. One? In the morning. He said one pot, by the way. Yeah, pop, pot. 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 Like Oh,
2: and it's strong, and I, I, um, I just try to stop at a certain point because otherwise I won't be able to. Get, if I drink it after dinner, I won't be able
0: to get to bed. Mm-hmm. well, I mean, you, and you're a high energy guy. Your metabolism is good. You're, you know, you're in good shape.
2: I know. I'm surprised both of us aren't talking at the
1: same time. We both have that same thing I noticed
0: it Oh, well, uh, when I do the podcast, I, I try to be much, much better about listening. You're I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a job. You know, and I take this seriously. And off stage, I talk too fucking much. But now... <laughs> so I'm going to confess it right Well, you know, but we made, it, we made a living out of it. But now, you, don't, you haven't seen the gym. Do you work out at all?
2: Yeah, I did last week twice. And I do when I can. I just, for some reason, the second week with 16 shows, you know, I figured that takes enough out of me. And I've been doing a little push-ups and sit-ups in the cabin. And I've been walking the deck a little bit. But not the gym, just because after... What
0: is it now? 12, 13 days on the
2: ship. You get tired of the
0: crowds. Yes. And that's yes,
1: another thing we do as comedians. We know
0: when we go there when it's empty. <laughs> you know. so it's a one Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So I should have told you that the first day. But, you know, oh. It's a long I didn't know that. I don't 10 know. 10 hmm. Oh, wow. But now, okay. So for your, for your workout, mostly, then it's walking, it's uh, your yeah. normal energy. And like, again, we do 16 shows, which is two shows uh, a night. Workout. So for two nights, it's where it's three. Nice shirts, by the way. I love the purple you're wearing right now. Might be a mauve, maybe a burgundy. I like it though. Who makes it? Robert Graham. Oh, Robert Graham! Yeah. Oh my gosh! I, don't buy him, uh, you know, I, I hear you. Still, but that that you know that that is probably the non-gayest Robert Graham shirt I've ever seen. That looks oh, good. Got some gay ones. There's nothing wrong with some gay ones. I, I I go gay a lot as far as dressing, whenever I want to look good. Cam, some yeah. yeah, Cam movie. <laughs> love the show, but Cam different Cam. Different yeah, that's what they do, right? They flare out the calories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, now, but the, as far as food, you, you cook. A lot, at home, you have a lot of control over your diet. It's all
2: garlic and olive oil. goes with everything.
0: Mm-hmm. So, true Italian diet, like from Jersey, true Italian diet. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I, I've, done the, uh, I've done the fresh tomatoes, tomato sauce, but I find that to be a hassle. I with canned tomatoes, and...
0: I love I love how you have to say that you're like oh canned because you like you're apologizing. Yeah, I think they're fine. Like I, <laughs> I grew up with canned everything, canned and frozen. I didn't see a fresh vegetable till I was in my teens. Well, more work. Oh, there you go. So now at home you you have control. You cook mostly, or do you eat out? Single guy. Because it's cheaper and healthier. don't know what they're giving you No, you don't. No, no, no. My phrase, it's
2: always a social thing. If someone insists on eating out,
0: I'll go and then I'll order something cheap because I am cheap. Well, no, no, now I'm growing into my cheapness, which I think actually, let's talk about the for this podcast, talking to Rick Corso. Cheap. I'm getting cheap and I'm finding that's helping my health. Uh, yeah,
2: cheap has a good kind of food, whatever
0: you want. To call yeah, because I'm. Something
2: you can't eradicate from your system. My mother grew up in the Depression
0: mm-hmm. and I inherited. It. But it's the way to go. I mean, it's not how much you make, it's how much you spend. But, like, you know, being cheap as far as health, like, I know I don't buy as much crap now because I'm like, I don't want to spend that money. It's overpriced sugar. Yeah. You know? And it's all packaged sugar, different ways to get it. And then I find with my workout, uh, you know, I, I was cheap too. I'm like, I have to learn how to work out on my own because I'm sick of paying these membership prices. Yeah, well, actually, this is a place Some, is it called UFIT. UFIT's great. Yeah. No, you. $10 a month. We call it in the industry, fitness industry, we call it the race to the bottom, and it it works. But we we it's got it. Club it. Exactly, 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 because they they are priced low enough for you not to go. You'll pay ten months yeah, enough to feel actually, good about I it. A joke about joining a gym every year here's five hundred dollars That's true, but now they bring it down lower. But now, all right. So on the ship, you know, you can, we have control over our diet because we picked eight. We just had a lovely meal, and you had the gnocchi.
1: Mm-hmm. I had some risotto before that, so it
0: was No, you kept it light, but now when we talked about heaviness and we talked about, you know, getting you know, at our age, recovery. And the heaviness of the food. You know, before a show we don't wanna we don't be too heavy I to perform and then mine
2: doesn't work as fast when you digesting food, so I can't people ask me how I stay so thin on the ships. Well I'm not gonna eat a big meal before the show. Then when I'm done with the a meal so it's well, not because I want to stay thin. It's because I
0: want to feel Yeah, and that takes up like five, six hours of not eating, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's tough to
2: get to sleep
1: because
0: you're talking to your stomach. But, you know, eating something light. But how about recovery? I find, uh, I know with my workout these days, I need to take off two and three days at a time. Do you find you have to get your sleep uh, in? Do you have I to never fun? work out more than one day in a row. So that's Oh. You work. <laughs> so you're working out, your recovery time's solid. You're doing yeah, good on your recovery every time. Every other day when I'm in the, no, and again, man, like the, the, your metabolism was high, you know, because I see the way you move. I mean, you you know, you're burning a lot of calories and you're not taking a lot in. I mean, a lot of people have to work really hard yeah, to get where you time. are. You to burn a lot of mm-hmm. I don't take a lot in. And then you play, you perform, you know, performing, take, you know, it burns a lot of calories. But now Don Gray here with Rick copy Coffee This Podcast. Now, you know, we talk about a lot of different subjects. Today, we're on the news. It just happens. Uh, Sean Spicer. The president, president's press secretary resigned. Now, I think that he had the worst job in the world because he had to go out there and defend Trump. And everybody on the podcast knows how I feel about Trump, yada, yada, yada. He is our president. It's I, a bad job. And now this guy magnified it by 10. Um, but he was entertaining. Oh. And this SNL sketches were great. That was it. She was who I was like, but she's, great. she's fantastic. And I think she did Spicer great. Uh, but I, I like Trump. I I, I forgive all the awkwardness
2: and the things that he doesn't know for his work ethic and most of the issues of which I align myself
1: with. I think that uh, he's he's right on immigration because... um, you
2: don't you know, leave your house doors open; just let people move in, do you? When you want the country to be strong economically, you
0: can't just have open borders. No, see, like, there's a good point. You, you, you feel he's right on immigration, which I actually understand. I understand people; you, you cannot have an open border. We have to put immigration, yeah. but now the wall never seems silly to you. Um, I it didn't it didn't seem silly because I know what his
2: end game was. His end game. Was to get them to enforce the laws that are on the books. Gotcha. Now they kind of are. Look at how much it's gone down. And and look, I I liked Barack Obama, but like he wasn't. He was making them not enforce the laws so that they could get more immigrants because they all vote
0: Democrats. I mean that makes sense. Well, I do. I do think there's. I do think there's something to that, but I don't think it's Machiavellian. But I know what you're saying. Like new immigrants to the country vote Democratic because they need good services. It's not healthy
2: unless you have that process of vetting them, because especially now, with the problem in Syria and people from all over the world, you can come back to the Mexican border. All they got to do is get to Mexico somehow. It's actually harder to get into Mexico
0: than the United States. Yeah, no, Mexico is really tight on immigration. They don't let people from South America come up through there. In fact, our country, like, you know, for good and bad, we've actually been fairly loose. You can get to America. Where you get off the ship and
2: they make you pay that $31 before you can go back to the States. It's a new thing. Yes.
0: I know, not Well, because they're tagging us. for the wall. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, but they're probably... I think... Uh, well, I think... I think it is. You know, I, think, I think it's a little... I try to see the good and bad in all of it. And I think that, this, like with the wall stuff, I get the good. I get to understand immigration and, and having a seal on that. But you do understand how a lot of people saw it as just blatant racism.
2: Because of the one comment that he made that he
1: took back. The judge?
2: Sending, no, he, when, when Trump said... We're getting rapists and murderers, uh, which actually, even though it was an inappropriate thing to say, was an accurate thing. To say. Because you don't want one. The whole process of, of immigration, the way it's supposed to be, is you want to keep those people out. And if you don't have, if you have an open border, you're not going to be able to. Sure, we're getting a lot of good people, but look, we don't want
0: one bad person. No, and, and I know what you're saying, but now, but it's it's not just the way he said it. It was kind of the vitriol, and I think a lot of people like He's me. Very
1: smart. I, I think he did it to stir up the
2: pot and, and take all attention to himself he is a reality TV star and he knows
0: that that works and and how the heck else are you going to get through a field of 17 people in the primary I don't think Trump is a racist I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think Trump even, even has an ideology I think Trump is a salesman and I think he knew the demographic. I, there was a massively underserved demographic in the country that had been told they were stupid for a long yeah. time like we and I get it cuz I'm I, I'm a liberal from California we literally thought that the rest of the country was stupid and I live in Georgia now where people thought Knuckle-dragging idiots, we would say. Knuckle-dragging idiots down there. Your guns and your religion. We, people would openly, and we thought we were right. And we thought we had the the right to tell these people, right. you're Cro-Magnon, yeah. you're stupid, because we felt they, racism they was bad. You, you know, and- they just disagree with you. It, they, they're not all racist, yeah. they're not all, but we, you know, on the high horse of, you have to be inclusive, you have to be this. Right. We were, I think what we did and was beat I, I them down. My daughter being in a bathroom with a grown man with a penis, that's. Well, I think no. See, no. But I think you can go to that. But I think a lot of That's them. What they're doing, yeah. How far
2: they're taking it. Um, but but here's the positive spin on all the uh, the pot stirring that and the, and the sensationalism that, that Trump caused.
1: Mm-hmm. Barack Obama first and Trump? They both did this. this, this I
0: think this the only positive data. Barack Obama got people out to vote that had never voted, and so did Trump. Yes. If we keep doing that and getting our percentage
1: of people that votes over 50, over 60, over 70, that's going
0: to be good for the country. I, I, the, the tragedy of, of, of this country is that people don't vote. I mean, uh, you know, to me, Trump got elected because people don't vote. I mean, it was a legitimate election. It wasn't stolen. It was because he he energized his. the Trump did. Well, Ronnie didn't. Right. And again, I think it's the underserved. I mean, it's it's almost like these shadow people. But I feel as far as being on a cruise ship, I've performed to these people for quite some time. Like these are, and I live with them in the South. These are mostly white, uh, non-college-educated, hard-working people who, who I think all of a sudden woke up one day and felt as though they were a minority and acted accordingly. I really do because I see, because I've always felt that uh, white people have always had a good separation with that. Like we didn't come up with the term white trash. Black 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 people didn't make up white white people did it to separate themselves. From white people. and it's not even a race thing; it's just a class thing. They just happen to put white on it. And I think, like for instance, when you see like college educated um, white people from from the city who have maybe been educated educated more and then very diverse, they see, oh well, my job will not be affected. I'm in accounting. I'm there. You go back to the South, where someone's job is either rural or is either service industry related. They are affected by things like immigration. They are affected by, um, you know, opioid epidemic. They are affected by things that uh, that poor blacks and Hispanics are also affected by. But I think that they felt that they weren't being helped in the same way, that or they weren't allowed to be, you know, angry. And I think that that they they've been. Told that they weren't right for so long like hey you don't need so many guns hey you know this is bad you know hey you have to be more inclusive you know and I think they were finally got someone because all the other Republicans had kind of been giving them lip service and just going hey we're really here for economics because that to me is mostly a uh, the Republican Party, the Republican
2: Party is fiscally that's the message that I've always, has always resonated with me. Yeah. Because I am, like I said, I'm cheap and I want the country to be cheap. You, you're spending too much money, the government's too big, and it's so true.
0: And and But it's, it's, it's almost impossible to shrink it because both parties... they want their jobs and they want their friends to have well they want their jobs and then also i i think once you give people stuff it's you know you like for instance i've always been a big lib on when it comes to universal health care i'm a single-payer guy i i I personally think that we should be open-minded about people the politicians literally say your taxes are going up because we're going to pay for x y and z Um, they don't do that even though i i'm on the right you know
2: what i would Insurance companies are so greedy. It, 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 it's it, I, I have a list of four groups
0: of people that I, I uh, four organizations that I don't like. Hmm. Insurance companies at the top,
2: airlines is right after that, um, uh, banks, and well, I don't want to say it.
0: IRS. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big monopoly. It's a lot, you know. When they get
2: that big, I mean, I'm. I, you know, the whole bailing out banks because they're too big to fail and the insurance company got bailed out with Obamacare and now they're talking about doing it again with the new healthcare. It's, it's just, it's hard. They make tons of money.
0: The, the banks literally are too big to fail, unfortunately. The insurance company, to me, that's just, you know, but the insurance, the thing about insurance companies, they hold up the rest of society. We pay in well, the and thing. they, if, they if invest in they... Everybody, if everybody had a safe in their house <laughs> that was so strong that could, was
2: impenetrable. Instead of leaving the money in the bank, <laughs> and they could leave it in the safe, have a health insurance saving account, everything, for everything themselves. Then all those middlemen, like insurance companies, just
0: middlemen, that for them to exist, they have to take some money off the top. No, I hear you. you know, and, and the IRS is, is, because the tax
1: code is so complicated, they're middlemen. If yeah. you had flat tax, they'd all be gone. It's true. You know, if, if everybody
2: saved their money, insurance, uh, uh, health insurance companies would be gone. Flat taxes doctors is... doctors uh, would make off way better...
1: You
0: know,
2: and if the lawyer's so many malpractice lawyers. You know, it's all these vestigial careers that don't need to
0: exist. It's just, it's just Which is the good and bad part of capitalism. Capitalism literally makes middlemen, like cause that's where all of us make our money, basically. But like that's good and bad. Capitalism capitalism. But you're right about the, uh, but right about the middle band, But I mean, it, but I, I think that, you know, I think the country is reactive, and I think the reaction, the blowback from Barack Obama was Donald Trump. And now I don't. I'm afraid. I'm literally afraid of what the blowback of Donald Trump is because I don't know what that is. I think I, he's pragmatic. I think that he's going to come to the center
2: and, uh, like, like Clinton did, and uh, hopefully. Uh you know,
0: pull off I think Clinton was a politician and went to the center I think Trump is kind of emotional and uh even though he, I you know, gotta,
2: got a daughter pulling him one way and he, he, he was a Democrat
1: before he was a Republican.
0: So you that's he's, he's definitely pragmatic I think in like he, and he I think he's basically to me he's basically a, 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 a he's liberal but he but he I think he has an ideology that he know but not an ideology, I think he has a base you know we so always talk about this base. base if
1: he doesn't do something about this,
0: well I think now from my point of view now again I'm not a fan at all but he he only talks to his base to me like all the not just the policies but like he doesn't care if, if what anybody else outside of his base kind of thinks about him or, or says I mean there's a lot of people well, who know, are, are unhappy Obama but did the same Well now see now that can you can be, you, that can be said but I I personally felt and I actually did see him he reach a little for the
2: guy, all you're going to hear is him talking to the other
0: people I think there's some of that but I, Jerry got to play this guy? Yeah, was looks like a little Jerry Farrell. We have the new guy who, uh, well, he's definitely better on camera because Spicer wasn't TV ready. And this is a TV position. Like, the guy suits better, for Christ's sake. Well, he's intense. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is the biggest day of his life right now. I mean, this is literally the biggest day of his life. And we're, by the way, guys, coming for this podcast. way <laughs> Oh. Ah. Yeah. All right, let me... Uh, you know, I think uh, I think this is a tough gig. I just think with, um, and I think Sarah Huckabee was terrible at it. But I think, oh no, God, she was. She's she's kind of like a female bulldog. And then you also know that Trump was actually because you know Trump. Trump is Trump is a sexist on a level of like a lot of our friends are. He just judges. You know, he when I say sexist. We all are, but he, he truly, and I think he was so the whole time going, she's not pretty enough to put on TV, but Jesus Christ, I like your dad. I think he was saying that the whole time, because I think he's that realistic. He, 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 he told the French president's wife, hey, you look really great, because he can't help himself. Like, I don't even think it's a terrible it's, it's, thing. That is not terrible about him. It's a rich guy thing. But he, but he also grew up in
2: the era of madmen when everybody did that. It's It's you. You don't change overnight.
0: No, and he's a rich guy. He had pretty much access to whatever he wanted. His wife.
2: Of, of the political correctness, the way things are. Like, I remember um, when I was a kid, when you called somebody a fag, it didn't mean homosexual. It meant you were being a pussy.
0: You're, 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 uh, yeah. You're, you're a wimp. Okay? Yeah. So in my
1: lexicon, mm-hmm. the word's still there, and at the age of, say, 30 or
2: 40, I said it, and my wife freaked out. What are you doing? I, she was younger than me. And she goes, you can't say it. I, I mean the guy was gay. I just mean, you know?
0: No, exa- no, I'm from that generation, but, too.
2: But, Trump's
1: got a thousand things on his plate. He's got to worry about every little
0: single syllable of his word. See, and I think, now I got to be honest, I think that's part of what resonates because I think when we talk about political correctness and stuff, a lot of people, like for instance, a lot of people who, who, I'm a little bit in the middle, but a lot of people who I know are left of me go, yes, take the time to think about the sensitivity of what you're saying to other people. And they, but they... They don't realize what a burden that does to a lot of people. And I think on the other side, people are like, why the fuck do I have to think about every well, fucking thing? Himself, but no, no, but I think there's give and take. I think, like, you know, political correctors can't go a right amok. People should always have the freedom of speech. But I think, should we be a little sensitive to how people feel? Yeah, but I was part of the generation, too. We said faggot growing up. To just mean to, to, no, to yeah. just to, no, even in LA, to just mean pussy. But I remember I, not the day, pussy, not the, uh, noun. yeah, not the noun. No, not the well, melody. you adjective, yeah. adjective, adjective. You're, you're being a pussy. Yeah, we love the other stuff, but I remember like how it, when it became nigger, I remember when faggot became nigger cunt. Like, I remember like you could not say anymore. I mean, I have a nephew who's gay. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't remember the exact date, but I remember there was a, there was a plan where like I can't say that. I can't say I can't say this word anymore. Going well, was TV show, was it, catcher, and I star, don't anymore. We're
2: catch rising Star in Vegas at the MGM and uh, doing an afternoon T V show to promote the gig and they got this big bouquet of flowers. It's like blocking the camera and I'm trying to <laughs> I'm talking to the host and this big thing comes, And I, I just I went into a character. I get telling you I go, Hey, I ain't a faggot them, but them flowers are beautiful and my wife that's when she went crazy. It
0: was on TV. That's funny though, yeah, but yeah, no, I know but no, and you're playing a character, but like again, your wife was more of the uh, like not crazy, the younger sensibilities, and also liberal. Like to her, that word that word was nigger cunt. Like, and that's what it's become, and you, you know, society does change. But I understand the blowback to a guy who's just trying to get through his day and, and says, oh, faggot, and they didn't mean it, did not mean it in a way to like let the, to put down gay people. And they're like, why are you being homophobic? And then all of a sudden, he feels put upon, like, I'm not a fuck. Why, why are you coming at me? And then I understand being a little more aggressive, like, well, fuck you, da, da, da. You know? Anybody, no one wants to be attacked over who they are, whether you're gay or whether you're a guy who just uh, casual is I am. You know, it is a lot of douchey people, but I mean, uh, but I think the political stuff is is fun. For, I think it's harder for comics now, though. I
2: avoid it. I do a, a briefly. I throw away a Trump impression. I don't say anything. All I did was I basically do a loop of his catchphrases, just to identify the fact that I'm doing the voice, and then I move on to that song. Yeah, that's taking both sides of every issue. But um, yeah, it, it,
0: it, you can't. I, I don't mean, go anywhere I mean, near it. I want to know how
2: Simeon is doing on the harmony because he. Trump in his act, and it kills. He's a killer. But I'm starting to think it's 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 So, it's so is it?
0: It's, it's not a polarizing part. He's not, not going after him. He just he's hitting all the low hanging fruit. He's going you know, those wall make things pay
1: for it. All the all the catchphrases that everybody said but he's just very
2: funny he does it really well but I was gonna I was gonna call him and, and ask him how that's
1: going because he gets he gets bored with bits he
0: had this one bit that he was doing for four or five years and then people ask him to do it he wouldn't do it anymore so he's probably there with Trump and that's been a couple of
1: years no and, and comics are
0: like that by the way Simeon he's a, a, a very good heard a lot about him Simeon I'm sure you'll be on the podcast one day but like uh, you know it's one of those things I think you know comics can be like musicians you get sick of doing a bit even though people love it yeah. but you're like I'm not doing this shit anymore. No, I, I I think we get like that too. I mean, Seinfeld did it famously, um, and you know, for the last time when he yeah, when he retired his act, and then you have guys going like, "Hey, uh, mm, you know? <laughs> he's still using this one," because because a lot of comics, we, we when something's funny, we're keeping we're holding on to that bad boy forever. Yeah. Make you know, you see guys all the time, and I have a couple. You, you're still doing something that, dude. You, it, the time is probably past for that bit, but like, either you're still invested in it or you love it hello you know well the impeachment stuff's coming back full circle i think there's a really good chance this dude doesn't last for the I four the years to make the parallel, but I guess you can. well i think they're getting you know a lot of history's getting regurgitated to them because the generation understand history i mean you're right like eh. you know what i think is great when you come back here so you come back to this ship or the oasis in january hmm. the whole
2: demographic changes talk
0: to me summer vacation people
2: are replaced with Florida retirees who come on for a nice, cheap week vacation, and they know
0: all this. Yes,
2: you can do all that
1: material that you couldn't
0: do for these people. See, and I, and I now I love that. See, now that's one thing I don't think a lot of comics like. The road is great, and I understand it. But when you go to the road, first of all, they're either there to see you, or the town. It's in. It's a town in Michigan. You can do jokes about being from this town in Michigan, or this town, you know huh? Every Exactly. Man, when are you going to finish this place? <sighs> yeah, just so you know, the whole country needs infrastructure. <laughs> not, not just your town. <laughs> not just your town. The whole. But now, but here I find that you get seasonal. You get crowd demographic wise. Like you get, we especially right now on this ship, we're performing to people who do not understand the language with full command.
2: That happens a lot here because we're out Caribbean it's an international company that in and they'll do like a half a week on land vacation and then take the ship. But they fly in from South America or the Orient. Or, you know, can you
0: still call it the Orient? I think you can call it Orient. Asian. I don't think you're allowed to call them Orientals, but I think it's called... And again, like what we said, like, why not, though? I hear you. I don't think Orientals... As and I find, you know, this, this, is, this, this is my thing. I, I find Asians are like the least responsive to racism. You could walk up to Asian people and say something horrifically offensive, and they're like, well, they're like, I'm too busy going to my job.
1: I would do the East Indian guy, and people would be
2: offended that weren't East Indian. No. East Indian be that was so funny. We love when you did
0: that. No, it's liberal people from the city who get offended for them. I got to write this down. Asiental rug. Oh, see, there you go. That's what comics do. Something funny, you got to write it down, or it will go into the ether. Uh, Asianthal rug you'd probably do that tonight But now Coming for this podcast We're about to wrap it up I've been with Rick Corso It's been great man okay, Thanks so much for okay, talking to okay, me okay. But, but, but no Before I let you go You know I, I, Come on Big plug man You got a movie coming out oh, This Thanksgiving I, uh, Hello It's a movie on
2: Nickelodeon It's called Hey Arnold The jungle movie I play the character I played in the series Dino Spamoni I have three lines they also have a song because I had a 30-minute recording session. Nice. And uh, I was done with my three lines in the first 30 seconds. So I just kept singing the one song that my character sang that I didn't sing in the series. I just kept singing it over and over again while they recorded it, hoping they'll
0: put it back in. There you go. Dino Spamoni. Rick Corso is Dino Spomoni in the new Jungle. Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold the Jungle. Hey Arnold the Jungle. And right now it. Hey Arnold is, is, is a huge brand. That's a big deal. That's a big deal, man. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's an interesting kid. Like he was a little younger than me, but I know that millennials. I'm. I think I'm allowed to say that now. Love it. Like it's not, it's huge. And like so, you're gonna have a lot of adults at this
2: movie.
0: Fantastic. And the website.
2: Rick
1: RickCorso.com.
0: R I C K C O R S O dot There you go. Okay, go check him out at RickCorso.com. Check out the movie Jungle. Hey Arnold! It's the Jungle. jungle. The Jungle Movie, the Jungle Movie, not the Jungle Book. The Jungle Movie. Hey Arnold, big character. Go to visit him out. <laughs> visit him on his website. Guy to see him at comedyfitness.com. By the way, you know we're always gonna have a link at the bottom, comedyfitness.com. You know, I want to thank you guys so much for supporting my sponsors: Title Boxing Club, Alpharetta, Todd Traveler, Rick. I want to thank you again. Thanks. Man. Appreciate you, everybody. Check it out, comedyfitness.com, and remember, guys, laugh your ass off. Thanks, Rick. Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Don Gray. I just want to thank you so much for listening and downloading the Comedy Fitness Podcast. But I need your help. I need you to tell everybody about the Comedy Fitness Podcast. I need to tell everybody to go to the website, comedyfitness.com. Check out the website. Listen to the podcast. We're doing a lot of things on the website. We're going to expand it. Sign up for the newsletter. It's going to come out, I swear to God. There's workouts, there's videos coming, but right now we're focusing on the podcast. So keep downloading it and check out comedyfitness.com. Thanks guys. And remember, laugh your ass off.